Welcome to the All In for Citrus podcast, the latest on citrus research from the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences statewide citrus team in partnership with Southeast Agnet Radio Network. Welcome back to the All In for Citrus podcast. I'm Abby Taylor, and as always, we have a great program lined up this month, so let's get started. Dr. Lauren Diepenbrock will discuss a new pest found in citrus, find out what to look for later in the program. Then Dr. Tripti Vashdith, an assistant professor of horticultural sciences at the Citrus Research and Education Center, will talk about some exciting things for growers to look forward to at the upcoming Citrus Expo. But first, let's pass it over to Ernie Neff, who is sitting with Dr. Michael Rogers, CREC's Center Director. Ernie, over to you. I'm with Michael Rogers, Director of the Citrus Research and Education Center in Lake Alfred. Welcome, Michael. Uh, Thanks, Ernie. There's something new at this year's expo for growers to look forward to, a hands-on session in the second day, I think in the afternoon. Tell us a little about that. Uh, Yes, so um, we're we're trying something a little bit different this year. Uh, In the past years, we've gone for two full days or a, a day and a half and gone into the second afternoon of Expo, and usually the attendance tends to drop off that second afternoon. Uh, Sitting through two days of of presentations in a meeting room can really wear on people, and you kind of lose motivation to sit there any any longer in those chairs listening to people talk. So we wanted to do something a little bit different to keep folks involved and keep folks coming back for that second afternoon on that second day. And so what we're doing is we've got this hands-on session, or it's an interactive session. And the whole idea is that, you know, you can learn so much by listening to people talk to you, lecture you, see pictures. But there's no substitute for getting your hands-on and talking to people and having that back-and-forth dialogue. So we've set up the second afternoon on August 15th uh, for folks, growers, to go to lunch there at the expo and then walk on back over. We're going to do this interactive session just across the street from the main meeting room in uh, the little house. It's called the Davidson House. And the the idea is that growers can come back and get to interact with the researchers and actually put their hands on the research and understand what we're doing and and understand how how they can implement that in their operations. No question that's always a good way to learn. As you said, get your own hands in it. You learn much quicker than listening to some other person just speak. So that sounds like a great idea to me. What topics will growers be able to interact with these IFAS researchers on? Okay, so in the Davidson House, we'll have a number of our IFAS researchers present. There will be different stations you can walk around to where the researchers will be uh, present uh, demonstrating different topics. For example, there will be a a station for uh, soil and water uh, pH management. We'll have uh, Drs. Morgan and Katty Ampakini present there. Uh, There's a station on um, root pests and diseases of roots. Um, Dr. Evan Johnson and Larry Duncan will both be present there. Uh, there's a number of, of displays where you can walk up and, and see the diseases and pests um, firsthand. Uh, you know, one, it's one thing seeing slides of those things, but to see them hands-on or in, in person is, it helps you get a better idea of how to identify them and also how to manage. So there will be a booth, for example, on fungal diseases that Dr. Megan Dudney will be uh, stationing, uh, a booth on weeds that Dr. Ramdas Kanisri will be uh, there to talk about. Um, Dr. Stolinski, um, one of our entomologists, We'll be demonstrating some of the tract and kill technologies for psyllid management. And one of our newest entomologists, uh, Dr. Lauren Diepenbrock, originally was scheduled to have a display talking about mites, 
But as probably most folks are aware now, we have a new pest of citrus out there, the Lebic mealybug. And so she'll actually have uh, some images, maybe not necessarily the mealybugs, but some of the images and damage there, and talk about what she's doing to help manage or develop management um, recommendations for Lebic mealybug, which is a new pest of Florida citrus. We've also got some stations, again, like food safety we've talked about in the past, all the changes in FISMA and what, what fresh fruit growers in particular have to do to be compliant. Um, also, uh, soil moisture sensors, Dr. Johnny Ferrarezzi and Arnold Schumann will be there to talk and, and show you how to use uh, soil moisture sensors. And also, Dr. Schumann will have a, a booth set up on DRIS. That's D-R-I-S. And if you're wondering what that is, DRIS is called Diagnosis and Recommendation Integrated System, or DRIS. And this is a different way of looking at or adjusting your nutrition program for, for citrus trees. And it's based on looking at ratios of different nutrients. And um, Dr. Schumann's given presentations about this uh, throughout the industry. It, it's kind of complicated at first, but being able to sit down and talk with him and see the program in action uh, will help you if, if this is something you want to incorporate into your management program. Uh, this will be avail- He'll be available to help you learn how to do that. Uh, working hands-on at the computer. We also are going to have um, some other stations set up like weather stations, learning about weather stations, um, some additional nutrition uh, information. And we'll also this year have um, our citrus production guides available um, at during this hands-on session in the Davidson House. And there are a number of uh, changes or new chapters this year in the citrus production guide. Um, Dr. Ariel Singerman, one of our economists, uh, has a new chapter on crop insurance, which folks are probably going to be very interested in. Uh, there's also a section on uh, some addition on websites and mobile apps, how to use those to improve your citrus production practices. There's a new chapter on planting new citrus groves um, in the area of citrus greening that uh, Dr. Singerman and some of our other economists have worked on. There's also a major update to the HLB chapter this year uh, in the guide. And again, we're just always changing this guide to reflect what the current knowledge is, what we know at the, this point in time. And, and we do want to solicit your feedback this year at Expo or the things we can do for the production guide that can help improve it for you in the future. Is it the production guide free again this year, Michael? Yes, it is, it is free. Um, uh, we did have a slight uh, scare a few weeks ago. We found out that we, we thought we were getting it published to a, a, a company and and that, that fell through, and I do want to thank IFAS administration for uh, providing the support to help us get this, uh, to make it possible for us to publish it and distribute it free again to growers. So do make sure you come this year and pick up your guide, um, and our goal is to always try to provide that at low or no cost, and we're able to provide that again free this year. Michael, I think on the Thursday afternoon there's also a opportunity called Meet the Specialists. What's that about? Uh, yeah, so also in the Davidson House, off to the side, there will be a, a number of roundtables set up uh, for discussion with some of our IFAS specialists um, who don't necessarily have a booth set up, but they're there to talk about different topics that also might be of interest to growers. Um, things like uh, plant nutrition, um, how to improve overall citrus health, uh, general topics in physiology, a number of things. And really, it's a, it's a good chance not only to pick the brains of researchers who are there, but for as us as researchers, it's good for us to hear from the growers what's important to them. And that's really where a lot of the big breakthroughs uh, actually come when, it, when we look back at what we've the progress we've made in HLB. It's that back-and-forth dialogue between the researchers and the growers. And so we really encourage everybody to come over and, and interact with our scientists um, because it's really it's an opportunity for both sides to learn from each other. 
That sounds like an excellent program on Thursday afternoon. Anything else regarding Expo you'd like folks to be aware of? We just want to remind folks um, to register for the program. The registration for Expo this year is, again, on the the Citrus uh, Industry, the Southeast Agnet website. But you can find that at www.citrusexpo.net forward slash registration. Michael, as always, thank you. All right. Thank you, Ernie. All right, now we'll hear Ernie's sit-down discussion with Dr. Diepenbrock about a new citrus pest. Lauren, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. You've got a new pest in to the Florida citrus industry. Yes, we do. Um, we have a new mealybug pest that has probably been here longer than we realize, but we're just now starting to figure out who it is and trying to figure out how to manage it. What's the name of this mealybug? Um, its scientific name is Nipococcus viridis, and then we're using the common name of the Levick mealybug because it's a lot easier to say. <laughs> yes, it is. Tell us, I think many people have heard already, but when, where, and how this pest was found. Um, so it was actually found in a sample that was sent in by a grower on June 14th, 2019. Sent it back with a technician from another laboratory doing research in another grow of his. The man was concerned because he saw some malformations on his fruit and he was not able to get this particular thing under control even though he'd been treating his field quite a bit to try to knock it back. So he sent in samples. Um, I put it in the microscope. Could not tell what the heck it was. It didn't quite look like any scale I knew. It didn't quite look like any mealybug I knew. So I took some images of it with our microscope camera and sent it to the DPI and then sent samples with them so they were able to identify it for us and very quickly, we had a team form the DPI to get out and start scouting and training the scouts to try to figure out the spread of this pest. And it was in Highlands County. What part of Highlands County? Um, Avon Park and Sebring so far, but they're currently uh, scouting. It looks like they may have found another location in southern Highlands County, but I don't know the city name. That's DPI knows all that. So, but it is beyond just one grove now then? It is definitely beyond one grove, and we suspect that it's probably in other places throughout the state. It just hasn't been caught yet. Tell us a little about this pest and what problems it could cause citrus growers. All right, so it's a mealybug. Um, they make a lot of offspring, so one female makes approximately a thousand juveniles each year. So that's a lot of reproductive output, which means they can spread really quickly. They kind of they cause some feeding damage in the leaves. It looks a lot like when aphids feed, and they kind of curl the leaf. Although you'll see some chlorotic spots on the leaves on the leaf veins, um, a few leaves down from where they're feeding. Um, the bigger problem is they cause a lot of damage to the fruit. They actually malform your fruit. So if it's caught in fresh fruit areas, it's going to make that fruit really hard to sell. It's going to make it cosmetically unappealing whatsoever. I'm not exactly sure what it does to the fruit quality. And then that's actually a question of we don't know if the fruit will actually make it to harvest. In South Africa, where this is really abundant, they get about 50% fruit drop just from this pest feeding. So it can be really damaging, so we're trying to get under control as fast as possible. 50% fruit drop is a big problem. So well, especially when we already have fruit drop problems. <laughs> Since we've already got it with HLB. Where might this have come from? Where else is it in the world? So the majority of the research on it has been done in South Africa and in the Middle East. So those are kind of the home regions, so to say, for that critter. It's had a few instances of popping up in the Mediterranean and in Australia every now and then, and um, the, you know they, they get it under control very quickly. They scout a lot, but it's small. It's really easy to miss until all of a sudden you have a really big infestation. But, but we do know that those are kind of the home regions, and they're also areas where a lot of citrus is grown. Nowhere 
closer to the United States yet? The Caribbean, Brazil, Mexico, none of those Nothing places? Nothing that I can find in, in the literature that I've been reading so far. That doesn't mean it hasn't popped up there. It just means I only read English. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not that you're aware of. Right now, what are you recommending? I think I saw you're recommending sanitation, uh, keep equipment clean so it doesn't spread. But Yeah, it's really small, so it can hitchhike really easily. So one of the concerns is to think about the people that are moving in and out of your fields and the equipment that's moving in and out of fields. So as far as people... I'm making my team wash their clothes every night, wash themselves, try not to move things around. Um, when we come back, you're, pretty much your day is done. You're not going near any other fruit. You're not going near any of our colonies. So we have to do all that work in the morning before we leave because we don't want to spread it. And then in the field for the trucks, the, we'll be washing trucks off. Um, I, I think just a general car wash will probably work, but I don't know for certain yet. And for tools, I would sanitize them as best you can. Um, all of our stuff is going in a bleach and water combination, which kills most things. So that's my hope is that it's going to work. And until I get a permit to actually have them in colony on camp on our station to work with, it's going to be really hard to say definitively, yes, this is exactly what's going to work. But that's, you know, we're, we're doing our best efforts at sanitation. And I think our growers have run those rounds before us. So they have an idea of what sanitation means. <laughs> I think I've seen some UFIFAS press releases, at least one indicating you've jumped in and got a research program underway. Yes, uh, the two gentlemen that I'm working with have offered me to do whatever I need to do on their farm in, in hopes that we can get under control. One man has very young trees that were under tree exclusion bags. They were under the tree bag, but the, the trees are put, the bags are put on before after the trees have been in the field a little while, so it's very possible that they had gotten into the bags prior to the bags being put on. Um, and he has very young trees. We were out there this morning actually flagging out the trees where there's high populations and some of the treatments that he's tried so that anything we don't, that we do, we don't confuse with what he's already done. Um, he's done a couple of, of applications and some of them look like they've done some work on the critter, which is great, so that's really good in leading us forward. And then we also have a grove, a very mature grove with very beautiful large trees and uh, fruit that are heavily infested. And so that field is going to be a bigger challenge. Those trees are much bigger, much more mature. We don't yet know the spread of that critter in his grove, so we'll be out there probably tomorrow figuring out just how widespread it is. Long term, what do you envision might be some solutions or controls, we should say, for this or management tools for this problem? Yeah, so in South Africa and in the Middle East where this is problematic to, to manage, they've actually found that natural enemies tend to be the best as far as maintaining populations at a, a low level. Uh, there's a couple lady beetle species. We found one actually out in the groves here. Um, it's Cryptolamus montezumae. It's a ladybug that looks like it looks like a mealybug. So the larva has uh, wax on its back. It fits right in. If you didn't know what you were looking for, you probably wouldn't notice it, except it moves different. There are a couple of paras parasitic wasps, parasitoids, that can use them. I haven't recovered any of those yet from any of the stuff that I've brought back. We've ha we have found surfid fly larvae feeding on them. They're great predators. We have found a predatory caterpillar inside of some of the, the mounds of goo eating away. So there's a group of caterpillars that are actually predatory. Um, 
And there might be some other predators out there that we haven't found in our system yet, but some things are moving in, so that's really exciting to see that. And I long-term think that that's going to be where our best management is, just based on what everybody else has shown from other countries and just treating hot spots as they occur. So you know, if we just do spot treatments where it gets really bad and then let the natural enemies do their thing, I'm hopeful that that will work. Very good. I was going to ask you the long-term outlook. You're hopeful. <laughs> I'm hopeful. I mean, we have a lot of really good scientists. Uh, the folks I'm working with at the state have been great and very helpful mobilized very quickly and the growers have been willing to work with me. So if they're willing to work with us, it helps us get to a solution a lot faster. Lauren, anything else growers just absolutely have to know about this? If you think you have it in your grove, please, please, please report it. Report it to DPI, report it to your local agent, shoot me an email, just let, let us figure out what's going on and how far spread it is. Because if we can figure out where it came from, that might help curb the spread of it. Excellent. Lauren, thank you very much. Thank you. Finally, let's hear from Dr. Vashtith as she previews what growers can expect at the Citrus Expo seminar program. Tripti, Citrus Expo, right around the corner in August, you've been working on the Citrus Seminar program. Yes, that is correct. Uh, I have been working on putting together the educational session for Expo with Dr. Rogers and other colleagues from Extension here. And we are trying to address different topics and uh, something very useful for the growers that they can use immediately. Wonderful. That's what they need. Now, Wednesday morning, I believe, is going to be an overview session, not specifically citrus. That is correct. So the this year, Wednesday, which is August 14th morning session is going to be a general overview session which will cover topics which are relevant to the citrus growers as well as other specialty crop growers too. So morning is a general session. Our citrus educational session will begin with the afternoon around 2 o'clock right after lunch. Then we'll start talking about citrus specifically. We'll have that afternoon and then we will also talk about citrus related topics on Thursday morning. So two sessions. Talk us through uh, very briefly what the topics are Wednesday afternoon. We have wide range of topics, some of the topics that have never been talked and some that we uh, we have talked about and we still think are very relevant. So, of course, we have topics related to nutrition and irrigation. We think uh, because they, it is very important. Uh, our growers are seeing it is important and so is our research showing that nutrition and irrigation is making impact on the tree health. Uh, we will be talking about the root system, structural root damage, and some more new research doc that Dr. Evan Johnson has been doing. We are talking about rootstock evaluations. In addition, we have something new, uh, which is more related to orange juice and um, what are our efforts in redefining orange juice standards. Uh, and we will have a speaker from FDOC as well talking about orange juice. So that's first afternoon. Uh, a lot of important dots and then second after uh, second morning is more uh, about the silid management. We have the revised silid management program that Dr. Lucas Stelinski has been putting together. We have uh, Dr. Bryony Bonning from Gainesville campus who is coming down here to talk about the use of BT uh, 
to manage silids, uh, which is something new. Our growers have not heard it at many places, at least. That's, so that's that the use of what again? BT. It's, uh, it's, it's a ge- genetic approach. It's new, and I will let Dr. Bonning talk about it, but that is something exciting, and I think it will be very uh, useful, and growers will learn a lot from that. Then we have a couple of other entomology-related talk, but one of the important ones that our growers should look for is Dr. Lauren Deepenbrock will be talking about the new pest that we have identified in Florida. So she'll be talking about that. I think that will be very useful. In addition to some of the uh, entomology talk, we also have Dr. Megan Dutney talking about black spot. It is still a concern. It's a big concern. So she'll be talking about that. We have Dr. Uh, Arnold Schumann and Fernando talking about cups and individual tree covers. Dr. Singerman talking about economics and we also have a talk on different specialty citrus so it's a full afternoon a lot of talks uh, and i think growers are going to enjoy it it will be a full packed morning (laughs) (laughs) it it sounds like it both days some good programs and as you noted some new ones in there Mm -hmm. Uh, let's turn back a little to wednesday afternoon Focus a little on, uh, I'll bet you're going to either be talking about nutrition or irrigation or both. Well, yes. So I have my talk will be on Wednesday afternoon, and it is um, interestingly more related to the fruit drop and how fruit drop ties to nutrition and irrigation. We have been doing some research for now three to four years now on fruit drop, and what we have found is fruit drop is more related to fruit size than anything else. It's not because of carbohydrate stress that the fruit drop, it's because the fruit don't grow in size, which can be related to good irrigation and nutrition management practices. We have been seeing for a few years now, if you are improving your fruit size, you improve or you reduce the fruit drop tendency. Also something to keep in mind is that um, fruit size is decided earlier in the fruit growing period. Most of our management approaches for fruit drop were always targeted towards that uh, pre-harvest window when you actually see the fruit dropping, then then you actually do something. But what we are finding, that's too late in the game. Whatever you want to do to reduce fruit drop has to be done earlier, pretty early on in the season. Uh, we're talking about at bloom time, or very, I mean shortly after shortly bloom Shortly after. So uh, just to give some idea... Uh, we are measuring some of the fruit size on the newly developing fruit right now and we already see significant differences in the fruit size so a tree that is very good looking will be considered asymptomatic in today's world has bigger fruit and this um, the tree that looks severely symptomatic very much declining has small fruit and this is only we are right now in june july and the fruit size is significantly different and that's what happens the fruit that is small will eventually drop so this is the time when we should be doing some of the things and overall if you have good irrigation program frequent short doses of water or irrigation and good nutrition program your fruit size will improve and your fruit drop will reduce that's good i was going to ask you what the growers do you told them you'll have a little more in we will have more information hopefully we'll have some more results from some of our experiments that we have been doing to prove this but 
this is i think something that growers can do and actually some of them have been seeing this that as your tree health improves you see it reduce fruit drops so it's it's everything together it's a holistic approach so. probably not real surprising you we're learning you got to do some basics yes we? it's it's not surprising but it's good now that actually applying plant growth regulators at the very end of the fruit growing period so like we have tried different pe- uh, like gibberellins or auxins or 24d type things uh, towards the very towards very close to the harvest is not going to be useful that's what we are finding excellent that sounds like a wonderful expo program i'm sure growers will get a lot out of it we look forward to seeing them there anything you'd like to add briefly uh we are also putting a lot of effort together for our booth at the expo which uh, which our growers know we always do have information this year there will be a lot more new information and there will be some more useful tools for them so please stop by our booth uh, in addition to stopping by those presentations so we look forward to meeting everybody excellent tripty thank you thank you That's a wrap for July's All In for Citrus podcast. Growers, a reminder that the 2019 Citrus Expo is upon us and coming up quicker than we think. Don't miss your chance to earn CEUs, walk a great trade show floor, and participate in some hands-on workshops presented by some awesome UF-IFA Citrus experts. It'll be another great year at Citrus Expo, so register today at citrusexpo.net slash registration. The Expo will take place August 14th and 15th at the Lee Civic Center in North Fort Myers, Florida. All pre-registered growers will automatically be entered to win a John Deere gun safe courtesy of Everglades Equipment Group, so don't wait, register today. Thank you to all the UF IFAS researchers who participated in this month's program, and as always, thanks to Ernie Neff. I'm Abby Taylor. We'll catch up next month for all new updates on UF IFAS Citrus Research. Thanks for listening to this month's All In for Citrus podcast from the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences statewide citrus team in partnership with Southeast Agnet Radio Network.